Good day, fellow hoteliers, and welcome to episode 228 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm Pete DeMeo, and I have a dire warning for all hoteliers out there. Watch out for the ADA ambulance chasers. They're behind the bushes. They're in the curtains. They're under your stairs. They're everywhere. And our industry in particular has seen a real uptake in hoteliers getting served civil suits for their website not being accessible. Now, this can be very costly, can be very time-consuming, not to mention it can really hurt your feelings because you've worked so hard to be accessible to all and welcoming to all your guests, and then you get hit with a civil suit. It's not fun. Well, today on the podcast, I'm going to walk you through what we've seen, what you can do, and how you can ensure you stay accessible to all. Now, if you want to follow along, go to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast and click on episode 228. And you can have all the show notes, links to the resources, and everything you need to stay accessible on the web. So first and foremost, before I jump into the ADA ambulance chasers, I want to caveat this entire episode with this. You want your hotel website to be accommodating to everyone, regardless of their ability. Not because it's a law, but because it's the right thing to do. As hoteliers, we're charged with being welcoming and hospitable to all travelers. And part of that is their journey from the start of the shopping process through to the stay and afterward. If you're only accessible and accommodating during your time on property, you're missing out on a whole segment of that traveler's experience overall. And that's why it is so, so important that you make sure your website is accessible and adheres to ADA and WCAG guidelines. That is the most important reason. Okay, that's out of the way. Now let's talk about the ambulance chasers because I'm really not going to focus on the user experience so much on this episode only because I really want to talk about the the uh, lawyer side and the civil suit side. So to set the stage up, w- what we've seen recently are two types of suits. The first one is where a hotel property is served a suit because they are, in, while they're in compliance online, they're not indicating what the property does on site to adhere to ADA guidelines. Now, this one is somewhat uncommon. I haven't seen this as much in the last couple of years, but it is out there. One of the things that we always re- suggest our clients do, and we always do it while we're building new websites, is to create a page that has what we do on property to help make guests feel comfortable and make sure that the property is accessible to everybody. A simple bulleted list that talks about uh, handicap accessible restrooms, emergency lighting, pool lifts, all that kind of stuff can be put on a simple page that makes life a lot easier for your travelers to learn about your property, but also helps mitigate some of the risks of this type of suit. The second type of suit that we've seen, and this is the one that's much more common, is properties that have websites, and those websites are not in compliance with the best practices of the web in general. And we'll talk about the two governing bodies in just a second, but if the site is not able to be used by someone who has either visual impairments or navigating disabilities, it's going to bring up a red flag to these attorneys, and it's going to basically sick the dogs on you more or less to to have a lawyer letter come in the mail. So that's the second type of suit that we've seen. 
Uh, first one is, is very easy to address because it's just a piece of content on the page and that can help, but they're very rare anyway. The second one is the more concerning because not only are you not in compliance and open yourself up to legal issues, but you're also opening yourself up to not being able to serve the guests in the best possible way. So let's go ahead and jump in the, the way back machine and do a quick background. It all, this all started back in 1990 with the Americans with Disabilities Act, what we all know as the ADA. And that really focused on ensuring that places of public accommodation, accommodation meaning any place that's public for people to visit, is accessible to all. It had a lot of specific guidelines regarding, say, handicap ramps, pool lifts if you have water amenities, uh, elevator access, width of doorways, all this type of things that really impact the brick and mortar side of the business. But it was really never intended to cover the web. Now, that is unless you are in the Ninth Circuit, because they did have a ruling that the ADA covered the web. However, the circuit, I'm sorry, the Supreme Court never took up that case. So it's still a little piecemealed in terms of where your property is and where your consumer is coming from of if you'd technically be under that umbrella. So ADA is basically a brick and mortar. It's been piecemealed to apply to the web. That's all history of it. But the reality is, is you do need to make sure that your website is accessible. So come 1999, the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, or WCAG, were first published by the W3C, which is a governing body that helps create uh, uniformity and guidelines for the web in general. Their last edition of the uh, WCAG was 2.1, which was published back in 2018. So what WCAG did is it gave web developers, publishers, and everybody else a set of guidelines that we can follow and all agree that these are things that we want to do to make sure that the website, the web is accessible to all users. Now that's going to range from very simple things like making sure that your content's readable to much more complex things related to uh, different types of screen readers, different types of audio interfaces and whatnot. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot of information to dive into on that. Luckily, we actually covered this whole topic back in episode 85, and if you're looking for a very dry podcast that has a ton of great information, but will make your ears bleed with boredom, check out episode 85. That's a, a glowing, glowing review of my own podcast, but hey, I want to be honest with you guys because it's, a, it's something that's incredibly important. You need to do the research into it, and it's something that if you know now, it's going to prevent issues in the future. All right, so let's dive into a little bit of what WCAG is, particularly WCAG 2.1, which is the most recent set of guidelines. This is all designed to make sure that hoteliers know, or hoteliers and web in general, know what they need to do. It's broken up into really four main sections. The first principle is perceivable which means information that the user can view or perceive on the screen. The second principle is operable, which means that the user interface components work and that people can navigate the website. Number, the principle number three is understandable, which meaning information is, you can understand what you're trying to accomplish and what is on the page. 
And then the fourth principle is robust, that the content has to be robust enough that it can be interpreted and reliably read by a wide variety of user agents. Think of a user agent as being a screen reader or other tool that helps someone with uh, obstacles to overcome uh, identifying your content to, to make it a little bit easier for them. So, so those are the four principles of WCAG. And within each of those, there's a variety of things that you want to address. Now, in this episode, I'm not going to go into deep detail about each of the four principles. We covered all that on the original podcast, episode 85. But what I do want to say is that there's a few things in here from a design best practices that you do want to make sure that your website takes into account so that you're accessible to to all and not necessarily the low-hanging fruit for the ambulance chasing lawyers who are looking to extort you for money. Anyway, so the very first one is making sure everything on your page is readable by a screen reader. And what I'm talking about there is proper alt text to your images, proper image naming, making sure that everything that you have on the site that should be identified to a person who has you know, the ability to view the page with uh, with their eyes has no problem. You want to make sure that the same content is visible to a screen reader. And that's going to make sure like the button says, this is a button. Make sure that images that are not really related to a screen reader or not visible to a customer, you want to make sure that those are labeled as not important from a screen reader's perspective. You want to make sure that in your overall design that you don't cram everything together. You know, for somebody who has 20-20 eyesight and the ability to use a mouse, a keyboard, it's not a big deal to have button A right next to button B, but that can be very difficult to, for somebody who does not have those capabilities and has to navigate this site in other means. So having proper button position, separating clickable elements of the site from each other so they're not on top of each other is very, very important to do. Then you have things like contrast, making sure that you don't have dark text on a dark background. Make sure you don't have like a light gray scripty font that's sitting on top of a white background that makes it very hard to read. You know, ADA and WCAG guidelines aren't just for people with disabilities. It's also for people who have just aging eyes or not the ability to differentiate colors. And colorblind folks, you know, they can run into a lot of issues with very ornately designed websites that don't take into account usability at all. Now, I'm not going to get into all of the intricacies of web design for uh, making the site accessible, but there's there's a ton out there. Using the WCAG guidelines themselves is a fantastic way to understand if your website is at, adhering to all the guidelines. And that kind of brings us into the next section is how do I know without waiting for a lawyer letter to come in the mail that my website's accessible? Well, there's actually a lot of great tools that you can use that are very, very effective. And also all of these tools are completely free. So the very first one that I always recommend is Lighthouse. This is a Google product that's actually built into your Chrome browser already. It's simply right-clicking on any website and inspecting the website. That's going to give you a whole series of developer tools, one of which is called Lighthouse. And it's going to index the 
the page that you're on from a desktop or a mobile perspective and give you a lot of great data back of specific issues that you have on that page that could not adhere to the WCAG guidelines. It could be little things like, you know, a, a button doesn't have a name associated with it or none of your images have alt text. Little things like that will pop up. You can use that. You can download that report and provide that to your development team to make sure that they check off those boxes of things that are make the site very accessible. The second tool we use is what's called Wave. It's at wave.webaim.org. It's an older tool, but it really does do a good job scanning an entire site and giving you a bunch of different issues that might be found. And it's broken into warnings, things to watch out for, causes of concern, and will specifically tie the issue to the specific WCAG standard that it needs to meet, which is, this is a phenomenal tool. It's a little bit more technical and it does give your development team everything they need to go through and fix 99% of the issues that you have. The next one is accessibilitychecker.org. This is a really, really cool tool that we have. Again, completely free, accessibilitychecker.org. You can go there, you can drop in any website that you have. It's going to scan the page and tell you specifically where it scores in terms of accessibility. Very important to do, something that I would suggest that anybody who has a website use that to check out their, their systems. Now there is one tool that we, we should I say we do not use because it is nothing but trouble. It is something that we found that some attorneys will use when scanning a website, and that's called Power Mapper. The problem with Power Mapper is it throws a ton of false positives and shows issues that are not actually on the page and cannot be recreated by an actual user. So the reason we use the three tools, Lighthouse, Wave, and Accessibility Checker, is it they're all checks on each other to make sure that we're seeing this the same issues on this website or lack of issues in a good world. Power Mapper does not do that. It's typically a paid platform. And what we found is it creates a lot of unnecessary work, a lot of unnecessary heartache trying to get your website to perform well when the data is just inaccurate in our opinion. So using those those three tools, you really can get a really good idea of how your site's performing. If you're adhering to WCAG guidelines. And if you have high scores in Lighthouse, Wave, and Accessibility Checker, I would say that you really are not going to have any issues from a ambulance chasing attorney's perspective of getting a suit. Now, there is one thing that is very important to do on a website that is also somewhat difficult. And that is different types of contrast ratios and text size issues. So if someone wants to just say, increase the size of your website, they'll increase the size of the entire website without not just increasing the font size. There's a great plugin called UserWay, which is a free plugin for WordPress that will put a little uh, accessibility icon in the corner of a screen and allow the user to create a high contrast version of the website to increase just the HTML text and to make a variety of other visual changes to the site, that's gonna make it easy for a person to browse. UserWay is not 
to be used instead of making sure your website's accessible. We've had uh, conversations with attorneys where, you know, if you only have a useway plugin, that's actually not addressing the concerns of a customer, nor the concerns of that uh, that lawyer that's sending you the, the nasty letter. So you want to do that in combination of everything else. Make sure that your site does well in Lighthouse, Wave, Accessibility Checker. Make sure you have good search optimization strategies, which will address your alt text issues, image naming issues, and page structure. And once those things are done, make sure that Useway plugin is on the site as well to address any last bits of you know concern that a, a customer might have. And once you do that, I think you'll be pretty well insulated from being the low-hanging fruit that the attorneys or the lawyers are going after. The other thing I would hit on too is WCAG 2.1 AA, AA, or AAA. Those are all just snapshots in time. You know, if you adhere to say WCAG 2.1 AA right now, well, that's great. Today you are in compliance with the guidelines. Tomorrow, when your content person posts an article, adds images, and they're not created properly, immediately you're going to be out of compliance, at least on that one page. So make it a point to, on an ongoing basis, review your content, review your site, and do an ADA audit. We try to do these at least once a year for our clients because it does really show you things that may be going wrong. And it's much better that you catch those yourself and address them than have the issue with getting the the lawyer letter in the mail. So yeah, that's kind of what I think the, the top line issues are from a accessibility perspective. And it's some of the things that you can do to prevent your hotel from getting hit with that lawyer letter. And actually, I didn't bring it up at the very beginning of the podcast, but what the what we're seeing on these suits is they're not high dollar suits. Uh, in many cases, you might have a hotelier get a civil suit for say three thousand dollars. They're going to go to their attorney. They're going to say, "Hey, this is wrong. We've done everything we're supposed to do," and the attorney is going to look at it and say, "It's going to cost me three thousand dollars plus to fight this, and I can't guarantee that I'll win." So the hotelier has to make a decision. Do I go ahead and pay my attorney or do I pay the competing attorney to make this problem go away? The best solution is to do the right thing by your guest, by your users, and ultimately yourself by making sure your site is in compliance in advance of that. Because once you get that letter, you're going to be writing some checks. Whether you like it or not, it's much better to do that in advance. Invest the time more than anything, and to make sure your website's accessible so you don't have to invest the money to make the problems go away. So that's kind of just kind of a, a quick warning. It's, it's not a long episode today, but I did want to let everybody know that we're seeing these issues pop up. We're seeing a lot of these lawyers come through. And if you don't want to be caught by an ambulance chasing ADA lawyer, I would ses- suggest you follow the best practices and do the right things by your guest and by the law. With that being said, I think that pretty much wraps up everything for today. If you want the show notes for this episode or you want to follow along on all of our episodes, other, other episodes, go to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast and click on episode 228. I've got links to the accessibility tools that we use, to information about WCAG and everything else you need. Now, if you just want to find out about Travel Boom in general, 
You can check us out on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash travel boom marketing. You can find us at uh, podcast at travelboommarketing.com. Or if you just want to reach out to me, you can find me at pete.demeo on pretty much all the socials, or you can hit me up at pete.demeo at travelboommarketing.com for an email. And there you go. That is the show for today. If you enjoyed it, please share the show and help grow our audience. And if you're looking for more episodes, don't worry. Our plan is to be back really soon with more hotel news, tips, tricks, and how-to guides to make you the best hotelier you can be. With that being said, Travel Boom is out. Hey, before we leave, I have a little piece of dad advice. Christmas is right around the corner. Spend some time this holiday with the ones you love creating lasting memories. So as hoteliers, we all focus year-round creating amazing memories for others. Make sure you don't only keep your head in your work and you don't and you miss out on the memories that you should be making for yourself and your own family. Take a moment, spend some time with family, enjoy a glass of nice eggnog, and let's start 2023 off with a, a wonderful, more balanced approach to hotel marketing. <laughs>